All right, Bolt fam, welcome back to another episode of Chargers Powder Hour, episode number 30 coming at you, episode Dirty 30. Colin Appel, Miles Raruka here with you. How you doing, man? Austin Eckler episode, baby. I'm, I'm doing good, man. It's a Friday night here, uh, Lincoln, Nebraska. We got game day tomorrow. It's, it's going to be buzzing downtown. I'm here for it. One more week till Chargers football is back. It's a great time to be alive. How you doing, my man? One day closer. Uh, so yeah, to, to Chargers football, man. It's uh, this is like the the most crucial part of the wait. It's the hardest part. It's just like a week out. It's basically here, um, but it's not yet. And then a week from today, the first game will already be in the books. So. That's fucking nuts. Uh, I'm just excited, man. We have uh, our fantasy draft coming up this weekend for the the Chargers Powder Hour inaugural fantasy football league. That's going to be super exciting. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna win the league going away. So just heads up to to all of our listeners that are that are in the league. Yeah, you guys are gonna get fucking wrecked. But uh, I'm just I'm warning you now, giving you your warning now. Yo, this guy thinks he knows ball. But uh, not, dude, I've never played a 16 man, so I'm actually looking forward to that. My friends always do 12, so I'm, I mean, I'm looking forward to that. It's gonna be different. Yeah. But yeah, draft. It's draft Sunday night. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I, I was in so kind of like you. Like most of my fantasy football experience comes from like a 12, 10, 12, or like 14 man leagues. Last year, uh, I was in a work league, had my old job, and it was a a 20 person league. That shit got insane at the end of the draft like i was i was literally drafting guys i'd never heard of um but it was still fun i mean it really makes your your draft strategy like have to be on point because like you'll get i mean it's a ppr league so you'll get a lot of uh you know receivers and good running backs but it gets thin fast. I've, I've also, it gets thin quick. I've also never played PPR. We well, I I do. Our friends always do half point PPR, but I've never played full PPR, so that's going to be different as well. So, but I'm I'm looking yeah. forward to it for sure. Yeah, man, it, it's going to be exciting. Um, you know, we'll, we'll have some prizes going on. We'll do some giveaways. Uh, we'll have a weekly smack talk segment on the pod. So we'll have have some of our listeners and and uh, fantasy members participate and it's going to be a good time. I'm, I'm looking forward to it, but yeah, man, um, just a great time of the year. Fall is like right around the corner. Dude, I'm just like a, I'm just, a month from now. I'm just beaming with happiness. Like literally I could probably go out and be in a coma from a car crash and I'll still be the happiest person alive. It's <laughs> like football's back, baby. Yeah. Football is- I saw a tweet on Twitter that was like, it was like POV, like, it's it's early November. It's a Sunday afternoon. Like there's a candle going in the in the living room, and you have NFL Red Zone on the on the TV, and your girlfriend's making like a pot of soup. Life is good. Dude, this I, is peak happiness. I also see the ones that's like T minus two weeks until my entire mental health relies on Chargers football, and I'm like, that is if that ain't the truest thing I've ever heard. Like, yeah, yeah, no, it's. Yeah, we're in for a ride this year. It's going to be so much fun, man. Um, coming off the, the best and biggest offseason in in organization history. I mean, really hands down. Um, lots of 
lots of expectations. And honestly, I'm just at this point, like I, I just want to see Chargers football and I want to see the real deal. I'm tired of seeing backups and and uh undrafted guys out there. Just give me the real deal. So but uh let's let's get into this episode a little bit, but before we do that, we gotta do a few things. Um I heard you have an icebreaker for us, so I'll let you ask that. But before you ask me that, what are you drinking? So, you know, Friday night here is a 21-year-old in Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, bars aren't going to see him coming tonight. But uh, as long as, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm in pregame mode right now. I've, I've, I've had a few. I've only had two so far, I guess. But um, um, I'm drinking something goes down easy. I've, I've come to find the easiest way to get about not paying money at bars is to just so, show up sauced and then just try to yep. drink while you're there. Like I like the last three weeks, I've probably spent twenty bucks total at the bars because it's just it works like a charm. So I'm drinking the good old reliable Bush Apple. Um, for me, they're fucking dynamite, and I heard that they're like not continuing. Um, this is crack for you guys, but I heard that uh, like they're being discontinued after this like drop right now. So I'm I'm really living up the oh really right now. I love them. Damn. So I'm gonna have to try them because I've I've yet to try them and I didn't I didn't know that they were getting discontinued. So if you like I'll have to try it before like it's too late. Juice, you'll love them. So but oh fuck yeah! I'm on the apple train. So. I, I I like like the reds, the reds apple ales, yeah. the angry orchards. Uh, yeah, I, I, I fuck some, with all that shit. I drank some reds apples last week in honor of the first Husker game, in which I don't want to talk about. But um yeah I'm I'm, I'm all red right now. You know we may be zero and one, but uh after tomorrow one and one hopefully. But, you know, GBR, I'm drinking, I'm drinking Bush Apple. What do you got going on over there? So I just got back from the store a little bit ago. Um, so I had the luxury of being able to browse a little bit and, and find something um, new that I haven't tried, I don't think. So I picked up a New Belgium variety pack, uh, which I'm not like, I, I like New Belgium. I like a few of their beers. Like I'm a big fat tire guy. Uh, I could, I could put down a fat tire anytime, any day. Just, they're just delicious. Um, uh, but I got their variety pack. So, uh, I started off with the new Belgium summer bliss. It's a tropical wheat and it's five and a half percent, um, alcohol volume. So it, it it's a uh, here, let me get the, I haven't even tried it yet. So we're, we're going to get the, the crack here. Oh, solid. That was a good one. We'll give it a little. We'll give it a little sippy sip. <sighs> Fuck, that's really good. I'll have to try those. That's really good. Yeah, it came. So there was a a summer bliss tropical wheats. I also have next to me uh, for my backup, uh, mountain time premium lager. That was in there. There were there was an IPA. And then there was a um, a sour. So I'm not huge on IPAs and sours. My girlfriend is, so uh, you know, I, I I figured like, hey, she she would down some of those, and I was gonna focus more on the wheats and the lagers. But no, they're pretty good, pretty good. Yeah, man, I got I gotta hop on those. I don't know. I'm just I'm trying to get as much as these down again. Like I don't have to spend some money tonight, so I'm drinking something a little bit lighter, but. Um, yeah, that's 21. Gotcha, man. That's 21 things well, expensive. 
It is. It is. And there's definitely a ebb and flow to it. You got to, yeah, I mean, you're onto it. Like getting sauced before you go out to the bar is definitely the way to do it. Um, you save money. And then once you're, once you're like vibing and you're, and you're a little drunk and you're just kind of having a good time, like I feel like you start to manifest like free drinks. People are like, oh, what are you drinking? Like, let me get you this. And you're just like, next thing you know, you're just absolutely sauced. Um, and you've only spent like 10 bucks. So yeah, man. I feel you there. There's, there's definitely a strategy to it. Yeah, no, hundred percent. But, uh, so let's get into our icebreaker. I got one for us. Um, you know, week one approaching T minus, let's see, what is it? Nine days away. I guess today's Friday at yeah, T minus nine days yep. away to week one. So I want to ask, what is your most memorable chargers week one moment? I feel like week one's always like a game that I always remember in the year just cause it's just so anticipated. Like it almost always lives up to the hype. So what's your most memorable moment from week one? Uh, yeah, mine's once I, I gave it a, a second of thought, it was pretty easy to uh, come up with and I'm throwing it back to 2015. Do you, do you know the game I'm talking about? Please don't be home opener at Qualcomm. Oh, no, it's not mine then. What is it? So this is the game where the Chargers came back from a 21 to three deficit, uh, trailing the Detroit Lions. Okay, uh, yeah. Amir Abdullah's yeah. first game. Yeah, Amir Abdullah touchdown on the first yeah. Drive. yeah yeah yeah. Yep. Shout out Huskers and uh, yeah. I mean, I remember watching this game at Doan. Um, which is the, for those of you that don't know, it's where I went to college. Um, and, uh, yeah, like halftime or like going right before half, it was like 21, three. And I just remember being so annoyed, upset because this was like, a, I mean, classic chargers team where, I mean, I think there was so much preseason hype and the roster would just look, look good going into the season. And then they're down 21, three, like in the blink of an eye. Um, and then they came back and, I mean, Danny Woodhead had a nine-yard rushing touchdown. Josh Lambeau, good old Josh Lambeau, was, was making kicks for us. Uh, Steve Johnson, the OG alien, he he had a touchdown. Um, Ladarius Green had a touchdown. Uh, I think Danny Woodhead actually had two touchdowns. So just I, I'm just lighting, lighting up seeing those names on the screen right now. So... Man, that was like one of my favorite rosters, and I miss that era of Chargers football so much. I just, I, I know they didn't do much. They never ended up like going to the playoffs, really. Um, but uh, yeah, just a memorable Week One matchup. It was a fun comeback, and yeah, that's that's probably the one that sticks out most to me, at least over the past decade or so. So mine, that's a great answer because I, I that was actually a game I didn't get to watch. I was playing, I was in like a fall league for baseball and we played on Sundays and I was unable to watch it. That was before like any of the illegal streaming services were available. Um, yeah. But uh, so mine, I'm going to go on a different route. I'm going to go with one of the most traumatizing games I've ever seen. Um, in fact, at one point I had like half of my jerseys in the trash can Um <laughs> literally like a whole a whole ass hole in my door like literally the most traumatized i've ever been and that was i just had to look it up from what year but it was 2016 week one at arrowhead we led, i knew you were gonna say we that. led 21 to 3 at halftime and lost in overtime to an alex smith led team chiefs not even patrick mahomes alex smith 
And I just remember. And you had, I think, didn't Keenan Allen tear his ACL in that yes, game too? So on top of that game, loss, that was a game two you, you lost Keenan Allen for the entire year. And yeah, that shit him, was so. We outscored him 21 to three with Keenan Allen. Then he came out of the game and we literally blew that lead. Like I, I was in tears. I mean, you got to, I was, I was like 15 years old at this point. But I was just, I was like in tears, literally um, throwing an absolute hissy fit. I had a Chargers calendar that I ripped up into shreds. Like for me, in my eyes, that was one of those, it's one of those games where you just like question, you're like, dude, I, I can't do this anymore. Like that was the final nail. And then of course the next weekend rolls around and you're just like, yeah, let's go Bolts. Come on. But um, yeah, like that one broke me. That game literally did so much. There's been a lot of games that have done detrimental damage to me mentally and physically, but that one really. That one sticks out big time. Stop giving me all your toughest battles. How are you still are alive? You still alive. That's basically Chargers <laughs> fans at this point. So, yeah, so that one. That's great. Yeah, dude. It, yeah, that's. I, I knew. I for some reason I figured you were going to lean that way just because of like matching up like your timeline of of because you're like a couple of years behind me of like really following Chargers football like. uh I still remember the days of like LT and, and uh, like, I'm not saying you don't, but just like no, I, the 2005, I six, don't. seven. I don't really because yeah. well, let's see how much older are you than I am? Uh, I I'll turn 27 in March. So yeah, you got six years on me. So yeah, well, I guess in March you'll turn. To, so five years, but yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That one broke me. Um, the other fun one, so, cause I don't want to end, I don't want to end on a bad note. Other fun one was when we beat the Colts in overtime, I think, was that two years ago? That was 2019. That was so coming off of our d- division loss to new England. So a lot of hype for the 2020 season. Yeah. Well, that was a good one. That, that was 2019, 2020 season. That was like, the game um, that was right before the pandemic. And that was like Phillips last year as a quarterback. That was like the game that showed the Austin Eckler certifiably him. So Yep. That was a fun one. But yeah, that, that Chiefs one. That was a, I, I still stay awake at night yeah. in a cold sweat thinking about that Chiefs game. So, yeah. And God, yeah, that was, that was a shitty, shitty day. Um, yeah. I mean, and then this last year, I think this last year was a pretty fun one too, just being Staley's first game and Justin Herbert going into to year two. And, and then they get that win um, in a pretty competitive game on the road at Washington. So that was a fun one to watch. And everyone knows uh, week one this year, you know, it's, it's a big storyline going into it is, you know, chargers Raiders rematch. Uh, the chargers going to get revenge for their week 18 loss um, last year or the Raiders or the Raiders for real. Um, we don't seem to think so, but Hey, you know, it's, you never know. It's the NFL. It's the toughest league in the world for a reason. Um, any given Sunday. So, uh, all right, man. Good, good icebreaker. That brought up some good memories. Brought up some not so no, good get, memories. I gotta, get, but, uh, I gotta get out of here, man. I got PTSD so bad right now. But yeah, I, I hear you. So, uh, going into the news of the week, um, hands down, you know, I think we'll get into the the roster um, breakdown a little bit, and um, you know, if, if you have anything you want to to say about that uh we can cover that in a sec but i did want to talk about the newest addition to the los angeles chargers um and it is a pretty big one i mean it's a a former first round draft pick uh by the new england patriots 
uh, Sony Michelle coming over. He got cut from the Dolphins, and he is now RB two, if not RB two, RB three for I, sure. I'm I know RB three. Um, yeah, yeah. Josh Kelly had a very good preseason. Um, there's still a lot of hype for Isaiah Spiller, even though he's dealing with a bum ankle at the moment. Um, but I think it just solidifies your running back room as as a group going forward. Uh, no disrespect to Larry Roundtree. Uh, he, you know, gave us, you know, a, a good camp and, you know, he was competitive. But uh, I think, you know, I, I just think this this group is better and more experienced and more seasoned going forward with a Sony Michelle uh, in there instead of, you know, a guy like Roundtree who's just a little more unproven and, um, you know, still trying to find his way uh, into this league. Yeah, no, I'm a huge fan of the Sony Michelle signing. The second I saw, well, actually, Roundtree was a guy, that's another guy that I missed on our cut list. Roundtree was a guy that I had getting cut. So it's essentially it's just upgrading Larry Roundtree into Sony Michelle and then keeping – Josh Kelly and obviously the fourth fourth round guy Isaiah Spiller, uh, which is massive for us. Uh, you got to love RB depth. I know Austin Eckler can't do everything, even though I do have him in a few fantasy leagues, so I want to see him do most things. But um, yeah, I, I like the Sony Michelle um, uh, hiring, I should say, or bringing him in. He's he's been really good um, after he's been a really good after the contact runner. I know he averages quite a few yards per carry so far and he's still relatively young I remember him at Georgia fairly well back in like 2017 I want to say so I, I really like bringing him in he's gonna and he's got that championship mentality he won that ring he was with the Rams yeah he was with the Rams when he won a, when they won a ring wasn't he because yeah because Cam Akers was hurt yeah he was there last year because yeah, then I think he signed with Miami and then just got cut yeah yeah so, yeah, I, I really love it. He's got the championship mentality, uh, very successful at Georgia. Obviously, well, did he win one with the Patriots? Or no, that might have been. Yeah, he won he, win one, he won one. Or no. Uh, good question. Let me let me double check real quick. I'm not 100%. I know he won one last year. Yeah, he he might have two, though. But, again, he even if you're on the Patriots, you know, you have that winning mentality. So, I really like the signing by the Chargers. Yeah, so the Chiefs won it in 2020, correct? Uh, yes. And that means the Patriots won it in 2019. Yeah. So yeah, he was on the the 19 roster with the Patriots. So he has two rings. There you go. Exactly that championship mentality. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, two rings. So one with the Patriots and one with the the Rams. So. Yeah, like you know, like you said, championship mentality and uh, the things that I think like super underrated, especially at this position, because um, you don't you, you immediately don't think of a running back really having to do these types of jobs and duties. But I mean, I immediately you know saw something on on Twitter this week and I was like, oh my god, yeah, that's that's a great point. You know, he he is really good um, at blocking at being able to pick up blitzes and being able to give a little bit of additional support to Justin Herbert um, in in some of those packages. Uh, I think that's something to keep an eye on because I know Austin Eckler, I mean, Austin Eckler is, is pretty good at it. Um, 
the, the thing with him is just his size alone. You know, when you have a, a middle linebacker, like screaming through the gap and it's, it's just your running back there. It's a, I mean, that's your last line of defense. Um, you know, I feel like I trust a guy like Sony Michelle more than, you know, a, a really anyone outside of Eckler to pick up, to pick up a blitz. I mean, I think that's something that the running backs have struggled with the last couple of years. Um, you know, and it's, it's not a, uh, you know, main responsibility. It's just one of those things that's kind of a, you know, it's an ugly part of the job, but it's an important part of the job. And that, that's something I was, was like, you know what, that's, that's a really good take. You know, that's something I hadn't thought of, but, um, you know, it's, it's going to be a factor at some point going forward. No, but yeah, that's, that's a great point that I didn't even think about. But now that you mentioned it, I remember, I think it was, it was popper or maybe it was, um, one of the other podcasters for the chargers, but they tweeted a video of some of Sony Michelle's just how physical he picks up those blitzes. And he's literally taking these like 250 pound dudes and them on their ass. Like he just knows how Yeah, he, he clearly can tell that, you know, leverage wins football games, low man always wins. And it's, I don't know. It's super cool to see just because that's not something that we're necessarily accustomed to. Um, not that Austin Eckler doesn't pick up blitz packages, but obviously you don't really want your star back who you're trying to get the ball to 20 times a game doing that too often or else bad things are bound to happen. Getting so I, crushed I, again, by like, yeah, exactly. Like we don't need, we don't need, yeah, like, and it's, I don't know, EJ Mosley coming up the middle and Austin Eckler lowering his shoulder and separating that shit, just picking up a blitz packager. Yeah. So that's a great point that I didn't even think of. So yeah, just another reason why I love that signing. And it's it's one of those things where it's like, you know, I think the first quarter of the season, the first four four to five games, I think we might see a pretty I mean, we might see this this offense uh try to use a variety of backs on top of Eckler. You know, I think Eckler's obviously still gonna be the main guy. Um, but I think this is kind of one of my like I don't know, call it a prediction, just call it a my opinion, I guess. Uh, I think as the season goes on, as time goes on, I think what we'll see is Sony Michelle elevate into that permanent RB two spot. Um, it just makes the most sense. I mean, yes, I know Kelly had a good preseason. Uh, we still have a lot of hope for Spiller when he's back and 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 running a hundred percent. But it just seems like the signing it would just really solidified that RB two spot, and I think. With that, it, it takes all the pressure off, or it should take some pressure off guys like Josh Kelly and um, Isaiah Spiller because you know that now there isn't this immediate need to be a, a stud RB two to complement Eckler. I mean, I think you have that now in Michelle. Now these guys can just kind of go out, play free, do their thing, and um, you know, eventually earn more and more playing time and and just get more more experience and get more comfortable. So I think all around it, it's, it's a great signing. Um, and it, it's honestly one that I wasn't expecting. Like when I saw like, like uh, I think it was Ian Rappaport earlier in the day, like tweeting, like he was visiting the chargers for some reason. I was like, ah, like I just, I didn't think it was going to get done. So to see that finally like go through um, it, it was a, a pleasant surprise. No, nah, yeah, a hundred percent. It was one of those things where, uh, literally immediately after he got cut, because that was kind of big news when he got cut. At least I saw a few. I know Rappaport tweeted it, and someone else, one of the other big guys, tweeted it. 
um, that he got cut, and it maybe Schefter. Yeah, I think it was Schefter. Uh, Schefter and Rappaport both tweeted it, and it feel like immediately after it was. Well, now he's hopping on a flight to uh, L.A. to meet yeah. with the Chargers, and it seemed like it happened really fast. So I love the signing. Yeah, no, I, I'm super excited for it, man. It's it's a uh, it's an improvement, and it's uh, you know I think it's all all around a good deal. So. Um, any, any other thoughts on, on Michelle before we, we move it along here? No, like, just like I mentioned, he's got that. He's, he just knows how to, he knows how to win. So just something you love to see. He's showed a lot of flashes so far in the NFL. I just don't think he's gotten much of an opportunity yet. And I, I mean, I'm not going to say that the chargers are going to be the person to give him that opportunity. Um, well, not as a lead back anyway, as somebody that's going to handle, you know, 20 carries a game, but he's going to be a great compliment to Austin Eckler. So, and these other guys, Isaiah Spiller, he's going to be a good role model for young guys like Isaiah Spiller and um, Josh Kelly. So, yeah, I've seen, and yeah, no, that's a great point. I'm, I'm actually glad you brought that up because um, I, I was seeing some Charger fans on on Twitter um, calling him washed. You know, saying he's he's not the you know 2019 version of himself. He's not the Patriots version of, of himself. But I would argue, I mean, last year. He started the, where did he start the year? Because he got traded to the Rams. Did he start the year in New England? I thought he started oh uh, yeah, it must have been New England then. I think yeah, he got traded from New England to the Rams. We're gonna go okay. with that. I'm gonna look it up, but we're gonna go with that to start. See, and last year was kind of a revolving door at running back for the Rams. I mean, Cam Akers went down. Uh, I think they had like Daryl Henderson and they had like a weird committee of guys um back there. I think w- this signing and why part of the reason I'm so excited about it, I think this is the true role for Sony Michelle in the NFL. Um, I think it's proven by now he's not a lead running back. You know, he's not a, a, a workhorse. He's not a three down back. But I, when he was in that running back committee in New England, he accelerated. I, I know Chargers fans definitely remember, you know, the, the his playoff performance against us in 2018. Um, and I think that's the version that we'll be getting. I say that optimistically, but uh, I just think this is the type of role and type of environment that he excels in, you know, where there, he doesn't have to be the lead guy. And he's also got some, some young bucks behind him that, you know, um, can make plays and, and, and help him out. So I really do think we're getting the best version of Michelle. Um, you know, now just would like to see him stay healthy and, and um, yeah, you know, be productive. Yeah, he's always been a big like committee running back. I mean, when he was in New England, he was with you know Ramondre Stevenson, James White, uh, Damian Harris, and then obviously in LA, his workload probably wouldn't have been nearly. I mean, it would he still would have seen some workload, but obviously the Acres injury, so then it was pretty much him, uh, Darrell Henderson, and uh, there was one other guy that split carries with Darrell Henderson, some like second year guy out of like Memphis or something. Yeah. But he's, yeah, he's gonna, I, I think, think he's name, really but... going to thrive in this offense. I think we're going to—he's going to be a guy that we're going to see really excel right away. So that's all I got on him. But yeah, I love the signing overall. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how they use him, especially week one against the Raiders, and and going forward and seeing how that how the running back snaps play out over the first uh, four to five games. So that'll definitely be something to to keep an eye on. Yeah. Hundred percent. So I think. With, All right. I think with that, um, I guess we haven't really talked about. So we made our final. We made our training camp predictions last episode. 
Um, since then, um, final cuts have been made. Our roster's trimmed down to 53. Um, and also, I don't know if – I think we mentioned Roundtree. Yeah, Roundtree got cut with uh, Sony Michelle signing. But um, so really, basically, yeah. I don't think we need to touch on it too much, but is there any surprises really from that you saw from the initial cut down to 53? Um, no surprises really. I mean, I, I would like to point out that I went 52 for 53. So shout out Daniel Popper. We both, uh, were one off, uh, when it came to this year's roster predictions. Um, my incorrect mark came from the defensive line group. I had, <laughs> I had Covington making it and Tillery not making it. And, um, you know, I think, I don't know. I, I'm ne- never really sure how to share my feelings on number 99 these days. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's how I feel 99% of the time. And and like as I'm reading uh, articles and and listening to podcasts uh, after the the or after the the roster came out, um, it does make sense as to why Tillery still has a spot on this team. Uh, it's not a lot of sense, but it, it, there is some sense to it. Um, and his pass rushing abilities is, is is what saved him from from being cut. Um, I, I I think it's more so his ability to rush the passer saved him, and not and less so the the whole stigma of oh you can't cut a first round pick. Well, it's like the Raiders just fucking did it this week, and I know it's the Raiders, and they've had terrible first round picks over the last few years. But I I, I get the sense that like that wasn't the reason why like Brandon Staley was in his mind, like, Oh, like we can't cut him because he's the first round pick. No, I think like Staley would have cut him. Um, if he really felt that he didn't make the cut. Um, so nothing really sh- shocks me or surprises me. Um, I would have liked to seen Covington over Tillery, but, um, we did retain him on the practice squad and everyone that we were pretty much worried about losing to waivers, uh, made it back onto the practice squad. So that definitely makes me feel a lot more comfortable knowing that we got, you know, guys like uh, Jamal Davis and and Michael Bandy um, and uh, Mark Webb, you know, names like that, Christian Covington. Uh, so that, that, that puts me a little bit more at ease, but yeah, no surprises for me. What about yourself? Yeah, I, I personally, I think I went 50 for 53, so not as well, but I had some bold takes. I kind of leaned more towards the direction of people I wanted to not make the roster versus people I actually thought were going to make the roster. So I know I had Mark Webb over Alohi Gilman, um, and then I had us retaining Covington, and then I had us dropping um, Roundtree. So essentially, in the end of the day, I was kind of right about Roundtree, but... um. Just not, not yeah. with only keeping uh, three running backs on the roster. Obviously, we added Sony Michelle now, but no, really, no surprises. Um, again, I'm with you on. I wish I wish 99 was gone, but I just I just don't know the realist the realism of that at this point. Um, you know, hopefully he'll improve. I guess I feel like a broken record because I've said that the last like two seasons now. But um, yeah, 99's back. Other than that, no. Again, like you mentioned, retained a bunch of those guys on the practice squad, which is great. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I got really nothing, no really big surprises. Um, but, yeah, that's all I really got. 
Um, yeah. And I think it's also worth mentioning that, um, I mean, no surprise at this point, we saw it trending this way the last couple of weeks, but it is official. Trey Pipkins is your starting right tackle for the Los Angeles chargers. Uh, he wins the battle over storm Norton. And I think, you know, we kind of touched on this, um, previously and it's, I, I just because he's, he's won the battle. Um, doesn't mean I think he's a starter going forward. I mean, he he is and he isn't, right? Um, I think, you know, in order to keep that that title as the starting right tackle, like you're going to have to show up week in and week out. Um, and I, I, I think it's, it's good competition. Like competition doesn't stop at the end of camp or at the end of the preseason when, when it's announced. Um, Storm Norton is still right on his heels. Um, and... You know, that you hope that those guys, you know, battling it out in camp and preseason and even into the regular season makes them better tackles um, and, and overall makes this team better. Um, but I, I don't think it's set in stone by any means. I think, you know, there's still a very good chance that we see a combination of these guys throughout the year. Maybe, I don't know, it, it'll be that'll be something that I'm excited and interesting, interested in keeping an eye on is week to week, um, you know, and then kind of, you know, as the season goes, um, you know, who's, who's getting the lion's share of snaps at right tackle. Yeah. I I don't know. It's, it's definitely going to be a battle. I mean, the battle has just started really. Um, It's going to be, again, I, I think we've mentioned this before. I hope it's not one of those things where it's like, you know, it rotates one week, it rotates another. Like, I hope that this is actually like skill based, like, Oh, well you had a good week, you know, we're going to keep you out there or maybe it didn't look so good. Maybe yeah. give another guy an opportunity, but I think going forward, going forward, I expect Pipkins to retain the job for quite a few weeks going forward. I think he's really got to fuck up yeah. at this point. Um, I think they'll give him, yeah, I think they'll give him an opportunity to like cement himself. You know, I, I, I think they'll give him like that first quarter of the season. Like, Hey, you know, we'll reevaluate after the first five games. And, you know, he had three good games, you had one shitty game, and you had one game that was, like, kind of okay. Um, I'll take that, right? It's the NFL. You're not going to – I mean, not, not everyone is not a Rashawn Slater. That, I think that's something you got to get through your mind um, and just, ex- just know that and, and accept that. So if Trey Pipkins has 10 good games this year, five not so great games and two meh games. That is a great year. I'll take that every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Like sign me up for that. So I think they'll definitely give him a chance to you know to to earn it permanently. Um what I would like when I would expect to see them possibly going doing some back and forth and kind of going week in, week out and just playing it on the by the matchup could potentially be if you know if the first half of the season Pipkins just comes out looks like shit um and they're just kind of forced to to mix things up um going into the second half but yeah I, I would fully expect him to <clears throat> to get you know a lot of those games at, at the beginning of the year just full go you know unless you get hurt you know uh you're gonna be in there yeah, I, I, I really couldn't agree more. Um, you and I are both really high on Pipkins going forward. I'm, I'm really expecting a breakout year from him. And it doesn't even necessarily have to be a breakout like, you know, oh, well, I hope he turns into a perennial all-star. Like, I just hope that 
he becomes serviceable because the last few years he's been a revolving door and that's just yeah. not going to work. But again, every championship team has several holes, you know, if he's, if for 75% of this season, he's serviceable or just above that, I'm not going to complain about that. So we just need more. We just need a little bit yeah. more um, and we'll be all right. So. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, other than that, I mean, no, the uh, looking up and down this roster from from start to finish, um, you know, there, there's a, a few few places where I wish they would, you know, invest invest more in more into, and a few places where I wish they would just cut the bullshit and like we don't need three quarterbacks. Um, uh, you can still have three quarterbacks and and two, you know, two on the roster, one on the practice squad, which. I, I promise you, if guys like Michael Bandy um, and, and you know Jamal Davis, Mark Webb, those guys make it through through uh, waivers, I guarantee you, Easton Stick is. So that to me is always going to be a head scratcher. I mean, if Stick's going to be inactive eighty percent of the the year, anyways, like why the fuck is he on this roster? Um, so there's parts of it I like. There's parts of it I don't like. Um, all in all, I think is pretty predictable. Um, I think our predictions, you know, kind of go by that as well. I mean, we went, I went 52 for 53, you went 50 for 53. So just not a lot of surprises, pretty much been set in stone, um, since the last, uh, off season edition. So yeah, um, I think it's a playoff roster, you know, it's a, it's a division winning roster on paper. Now they have to go out and, uh, do it. Yeah. I think years before, you know, we were kind of more, way more of a top heavy team, you know, the talent. That like top 10 talent was there. I mean, we had eight people in the top 100 this year. I mean, that speaks for itself. But I, I think yeah. I think just this offseason, other than the J.C. Jackson, Khalil Mack additions, just the depth, the depth pieces we got, you know, the Sebastian Joseph Days, the Austin Johnsons, the Troy Readers, like those are those are what's going to take a team from one level. Morgan Fox. Yeah, that's what's going to take a team to good into championship caliber. So – yeah, hundred percent, man. Uh, I love it. Well, that's all I have on on the on the roster. Um, oh, I, I had a couple couple questions for you here, um, and this was just some stuff I had pulled from the Chargers website. Um, great article by Eric Smith, senior writer for the Chargers, and he he posed a couple good questions that I thought were thought provoking. And, uh, I wanted to kind of get your take on, on some of these. So, um, first question is what, what's your biggest storyline entering week one against the Raiders? Yeah. I, I mean, the first one, I I had one immediately jump off the head. So that's what I'm going to roll with containing the receiving core, you know, seeing this, seeing this revamped, you know, Actually, I won't even say revamp because it's a lot of the same pieces, but hopefully, you know, this is a game that it would be really nice to have JC Jackson healthy for. Um, and I think that we are, we're trending towards that direction, having him help healthy for that game. But, um, you know, I think Raiders boast maybe the most lethal receiving core in the league, potentially. I mean, you got the number one receiver in all football, Devontae Adams, and then you have a dude like Hunter Renfro, who's just a midget little white boy, but just absolutely tears teams apart. Um, and then Darren Waller, 
another guy, top five tight end in the league. Um, I think it's going to be big time is going to be, you know, just seeing how this defensive core is going to be able to, you know, get, hopefully we can get enough pressure on Carr, which I think we would. Um, unfortunately, they won't have Alex Leatherwood anymore. Uh, that's too bad for us. But um, again, whoever they're bringing in, obviously I, I wouldn't think will be much better. But um, yeah, I think if, as long as right. we can get to Derek Carr, I don't think he's going to have a ton of time to throw. And I just think, you know, Derwin James, the tight end eliminator, he's going to take Waller out of the game. And with that, I, I just think that that whole, their playbook's going to be in shambles, man. I, I don't know. I think that's my... I think that's my go-to storyline for the season is how this I, – I want to say revamp, but in all reality, it's pretty much just bringing in JT Jackson. And who knows if he'll even be there week one. But just seeing how our DBs can respond to assigning like Devontae Adams within the division. Yeah. No, that's – I, I was very close to what I was going to say. Uh, my, mine's on the cusp of that. Um, it's very similar in uh, – I, yeah, that that's a great storyline because mine is, you know, I have all eyes right now on on our our wonderful duo of Joey Bosa and and Khalil Mack. I mean, I, I am just so excited to see these guys full speed, um, just dominate, man. I got, I, I just, I'm expecting big things out of both of them individually, but also just as as a duo, um, just getting in the backfield of teams and just causing chaos, causing havoc. And I'm really excited to watch Joey go to work now that he has a, a an all pro, um, all like an MVP candidate, at, you know, during some years of his career on the defensive side of the ball on the other side. So I just, I'm so, I mean, it's everything on the storyline going into week one for me is all defense related. I, I want to see how the, you know, that duo is doing. I, I, I agree with you. I want to see how our, our defensive backs look um, and just how this defense looks. I mean, it's a very different defense that was on the field um, in week 18. And how are they going to respond? You know, it's, it's an emotional game week one, um, considering that, you know, this is the team that knocked you out of the playoffs and it's a rivalry game. There's a lot of bad blood. I mean, these two teams do not like each other, uh, rightfully so. And um, yeah, just just how the Chargers respond emotionally and and how this defense is going to look um, in Week One because there's a lot of hype. There's been a lot of hype. Um, you know, I don't know if we'll see J.C. Jackson. Hopefully, I would say there's a 65 percent chance we don't see him. Don't ask me where I got that number. I just pulled that out of my ass. But uh, I, I would I would assume it's probably leaning towards like I it'll be really close. I think it'll be really close. It'll be it could be a game time decision. But it I would yeah. it wouldn't surprise me if it was a game time decision. And it's like you know what we don't need to rush Quick it back. Just take this week. Yeah, yeah. Get, get ready for Kansas City. We'd rather have you against Mahomes than than uh, Carr. So I can see him making a push to come back, but then ultimately being shut down last minute, you know, Hey, it's week one. Let's be cautious. Um, and, and this, and by all means, this team, even without JC Jackson should, should be able to handle everything that Vegas throws at him. Yeah. I 100% think so too. It would definitely just help to have him out there. Um, so, you know, if let's say JC Jackson does miss the game, what is your, like, what is your, like, 
comfort level of dudes like Asante Samuel or Michael Davis or Bryce Callahan, you know, one-on-oneing with Devontae Adams? Uh, honestly, pretty high. Like, if I had to put it on a scale of one to ten, my comfortability with the four DBs that we'll have out there, I'd say it's probably about a seven. Like, Michael Davis had a very good preseason, a very good camp. Um, Asante, I mean, he had a dumb penalty, and he had a couple of plays in the preseason where he looked, you know, uh, not lost, but he just got beat, and that's going to happen. I mean, it's preseason. Hey, these guys are knocking rust off. You know, it's been months since they played uh, live games. All that, you got to factor that into it. But, uh, I mean, when you talk about Bryce Callahan in the slot, I mean, the, here's here's just the beauty about assigning like Bryce Callahan. He can play inside and outside. Yeah, we know he's predominantly going to be inside in the slot, but I mean, I think there's so much you can do with him and Asante and and interchanging those guys. Um, and then I just I have confidence in Michael Davis and um, wait, the four without JC would be Davis. Uh, Davis, Callahan, Davis, Asante, Asante yeah. and who am I missing outside of JC? Who am I missing? We're both missing somebody. It's definitely a name that we know well, too. It's not just Sear Taylor, I can tell you that. Um, it would be. Shit, either either him, or Dean, either him or Dean Leonard. Really? Because here's the defensive backs right, that we kept. JC Jackson... Callahan, Asante yeah, Samuel, right. Michael Davis, Alohi. Now, there's a shit ton of safeties that we kept, but I mean, we kept the rookies, which, you know, Dean Leonard and, and JT Woods. So, hey, even with Jasir Taylor, fuck it. Like, go get him. Well, go I'm, get him, buddy. Like, I am thinking, I'm thinking, you know, Nasir, Nasir can definitely go nickel, and then we could put a guy like, I don't know if I necessarily want JT Woods in a starting safety role right off the bat, yeah. aside with. Uh, Derwin, but so maybe maybe uh, a low we can go out there, Nasir Nickel, and then just have Derwin be Derwin. Yeah. So I don't know. That'll be something to keep an eye on, though, especially yeah, the health of okay. The so of Jason I, Jackson. I changed my answer from seven to six. Comfortability is okay. at a six now instead of a seven. I, I but I mean, I, I still feel good about it, even if, if JC is not there for week one. I still feel good. Yeah, I, I'm 100% agree. So all right, the, the next question I had for you um, that I also got from this article was, um, yeah, where, all right, take, take a look into the crystal ball. Um, you wake up tomorrow and week 18 just wrapped up. Uh, where do you, where do you see the Chargers being after week 18? I mean, what, what is going to be, on what's going to be the storyline after week 18 um, after you've looked into your crystal ball? Um, how is Daddy Herbert this good? No, I, I actually <laughs> no. Um, I just think the storyline is going to be after week 18, I fully expect them to have a top four seed in the AFC, and I fully expect Justin Herbert to be one of like two MVP candidates. Um, I guess, yeah, the storyline that I would look for is, you know, how, how does their regular season success go into the playoffs? You know, I guess, 
I guess necessarily if we are a top four seed, are we will be playing a playoff game in SoFi. Um, so I, I wouldn't necessarily say that like like I would I would hate to be like a seven seed and having to go to like Baltimore. Oh my god, that would scare the shit out of me. I don't like playing Baltimore at all. But I think that I think the storyline would be, you know, how does this success continue? You know, what is what is Brandon Staley gonna scheme up for these, you know, upcoming teams that they're gonna say with a bunch of these I mean, I wouldn't say that we have a ton of young players, but we do have a lot of players that aren't necessarily overly experienced in the playoffs. So how are we going to, you know, make it so that these players who haven't really experienced a big stage like this, how are we going to make them comfortable and make them feel like it's just another game? You know, how are we going to how are we going to have them put it all out on the line and just play like a normal ass game of football? I guess that would be kind of my storyline for what would happen in a week 18 scenario. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think my, my storyline would be vibes are good and the chargers are getting ready to host a playoff game. Um, so that basically means they have to win the division. Um, Right, I mean, there's no other way to to really host a a playoff game unless you win the division. Yeah, essentially, yeah, yeah. So, so. I, I think you got to include that. You have to. I mean, you have to, and you have to. I mean, fuck it. There's been so many like we've we've heard Brandon Staley talk about. You know, this is you know he's not shy about. You know, they have their sights set on winning everything this year. So. I think the division has to be kind of like a foregone conclusion conclusion. Like, yeah, we're going to win the division. Um, and it's going to be a crazy year. It's going to be a crazy division. I mean, there's looking at it from top to bottom. Uh, this is the best division, not just in the league, but probably this is the best modern division in NFL football history. And what I mean by that is, the last time that they've like altered any of the divisions, I think it's been like twenties. I think it's been like twenty some years since the last time they even like touched any of the divisions. I think the the alignment's been in place for that long, and in that modern era of the divisions that we we know in today's game, there's never been a division tougher than the twenty twenty two AFC West. In my opinion, no, you're one hundred, yeah, one one hundred percent. There's never been a better quarterback division than this division right now. There, no. I can't think of one off the top of my head in the time that I've been alive. Like, there just isn't. The talent is absolutely insane in this division right now. And then you see teams picking up other talent outside of quarterback. You know, we've got dudes like Chandler Jones, Devontae Adams, Russell Wilson. I mean, every team – I want to say every team got better, but I don't know about that team. Nice can't crack. But I don't know about the team down in Kansas City. But, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be – but again, that team down in Kansas City, even if they got slightly worse with the loss of Tyreek Hill, you know, they still they have the recipe on how to win games. Like that's no secret to anybody. They know they just know how to win. They have that winning culture within them right now. Yeah. So it's it's gonna be, man, it's gonna be something. It's I gonna am, be something. I will say one one of the teams I'm really excited to square up against this year is the Denver Broncos. Um, I fully expect the Chiefs to be the Chiefs. Um. I, I don't think losing Tyreek really 
I, I'll call me crazy. I don't think it hurts him. I think they'll be just as fine. I think Mahomes will, will, will find someone else to, to feed the ball to. Um, like Tyreek's a good receiver. The only thing that makes him elite elite is his speed. And yeah, I mean, they'll miss it, but they, they have speed on that roster still. They, they you know, they, they got some stuff going for him. Uh, I, I fully expect them to be the Chiefs at the end of the day. Really good offense, okay defense, great coaching, um, and just just find ways to win games. The Broncos are a team I'm more interested in because I really don't know how that season could go for them. I think they could win the division. I think they could miss the playoffs. Like, I, I don't know. Um, I think it, it makes the most sense that they probably do get in as a wild card. Um, you would assume, I mean, but how much is this division going to just beat beat each other up? Like, you know, like this division is going to fucking just wail up on each other. And um, yeah, I mean, th- that's a team that I'm like, we, we talked about this when we did our AFC West previews, you know, how what, what teams concern us the most, what teams don't. Um, the Broncos were, you know, kind of kind of higher up for for me anyways. Um you know, I just think I think that new coach and new quarterback could could shake up a lot for them and, and who knows? I just I don't know. I don't know how that's gonna go, but I'm excited to to square up against them. I one hundred percent agree. I think the Broncos are the biggest question mark in the division. We know they're gonna be good, but just how good? How are they gonna keep up with teams like the Chargers and the Chiefs? Um, I fully expect the Raiders to, you know, go like eight and nine this year, 100%. Um, I, I just don't think yeah. they just have too many holes. They're just, they're by far the least complete team, uh, within this division. But yeah, the Broncos have actually, have I'll put it this way. Marks, so. I think the 2022 Broncos have, have a really good chance to be the 2021 Raiders. That's, that's how I feel about the Broncos. Like, I think they can be the Raiders of last year, um, get in on a wild card, barely get in. Um, you know, quarterback play is decent to okay. Uh, the roster is, is good. Not great. Coaching's unknown. Um, it's all in all, like just kind of a, yeah, I just, they're a wild card team, I think, but, uh, yeah, I fully expect the Raiders to take a step back and, um, Unlike last year, when the Raiders get off to a bad start this year, I, I think the teams in the division are strong enough to just put them away. Last year, they, they got off to a rocky start, and they just kind of kept hanging around, and then they went on a late stretch you know, at the end of the year, and then they find themselves in a winner-take-all Week 18 game, um, and we know how it ended. But uh, I think this year there's enough firepower, especially within in the division, that they're going to have to play – you know, six games against where, you know, if they get off to a bad start, it's just going to, I think the, the wheels could come off for them. Um, unlike last year where I think they had a little bit more ability to kind of hang around and, and uh, just didn't have to go up against the firepower that is the AFC West this year. Dude. Yeah. This man, I know we've touched on it already, but this division is just, it's scary, man. I want, I wouldn't want to be the NFC West right now. You know, this is our AFC. That's their AFC division to play the year. I wouldn't want to be any other AFC divisions that have to play us. Like, Dude, we're just, yeah. We're scary. For real. And I, I think we're the Like, God I damn, we got to play the AFC West this year? Fuck. 
and we got to play everybody twice. Yeah, so, man, it, it's going to be think, insane. Dude, I, I, think, I think we're the scariest. Like, honestly, I just think, I don't know. I think we're the most complete by far. Obviously, I'm a little biased, but like, I don't know. Just, I, we just have, we have the depth now that we haven't had in the past. So, yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, man. Well, hey, uh, before we get out of here, uh, let's, uh, let's go over our, uh, well, let's talk fantasy football here real quick. So for those of you that don't know, um, we are starting our inaugural Chargers Powder Hour Fantasy Football League. Uh, we have our draft in two days, and we have some really awesome listeners and, and Chargers fans um, that follow us on Twitter um, that uh, are a part of it. And uh, we're just super excited to be doing this. It's it's a, a new thing for us. I mean, just the podcast in general, but... Um, you know, we, we really want to make it as interactive as possible um, with you guys, the listeners. Um, and um, yeah, we just want to get your guys' feedback and everything like that. So we thought it was a fun way to um, interact with you guys and and also, uh, you know, play some fantasy football. So we are going to be talking draft order tonight. So uh, for those of you in our league, this is the moment you guys have been waiting for. Uh, the draft is Sunday night at 7 p.m. So 7 p.m. Pacific time for those of you listeners on the West Coast. Um, but I wanted to go over the draft order because I feel like uh, this will be a fun time to do it. So real quick, let me pull up my Twitter. That way I can uh, not butcher these Twitter handles. Because I don't, I don't remember everyone's, but... Let me pull up the group chat here real quick. All right. Okay. So, the first pick in the Chargers Powder Hour Fantasy Football League 2022 goes to none other than Anthony Tucker, or you guys may know him as L.A. Nuts and Bolts, on Twitter, Anthony taking home the first overall pick this year. We'll see what he does. Um, Christian McCaffrey, Jonathan Taylor, Cooper Cup. I don't know. We'll see. Austin Eckler. We'll see. We'll see how this how this unfolds. So, uh, shout out Anthony, my dude. You have the number one pick. Uh, moving forward, uh, the second pick in the inaugural Chargers Powder Hour Fantasy League goes to Robert Back. You guys may know him on Twitter as SoCal underscore Bobby. So shout out Rob with the number two overall pick. Uh, I really like his his team name. It's both the F up. It's a solid, solid team name there. Uh, moving on, number three, third pick in the draft goes out to my boy Tim Lindsay. I believe his hashtag is at Tim Lindsay, so that's an easy one to remember. Third overall pick there. Number four, we have none other than the menace himself, Will. Will Hatzer. Uh, you guys may know him as Luigi, I believe, on Twitter. I don't know his full uh, handle, but it's Luigi with like some random numbers. Uh, yeah, Will Will's a big listener of the show, and he is also a uh, a Twitter Twitter menace. So, 
Shout out, Will. Fourth overall pick. Picking out of the five spot, we have my boy, Anthony Cabadas. Uh, he's at Anthony ND Gina on Twitter. Number six, Rory Florian. You guys may know him as Chargers Talk Now on Twitter. Shout out to Rory picking out of the sixth spot. Number seven, none other than yours truly. So suck it, Miles. I have a better pick than you. Come on now. Number eight, Donnie Long. You guys may know him on Twitter as, uh, let's see here. I just had his handle, Blake's Dad 924 Shout out, Donnie. Number nine, Vibe City Viber, Lucas Coronado. Um. <laughs> Our boy from the Football Political Podcast picking out of the number nine spot on Sunday. Number 10, we got my boy Justin Campbell, J Camp. He's a uh, shout out J Camp. He helped us put this league together and, and has given us some really fun ideas uh, for the inaugural fantasy league. He's picking out of the 10 spot. Number 11, we have Deborah Turner Allen. You guys may know her on Twitter as Deb, number one Charger fan. Uh, super happy that Deb's in our league, and uh, she'll be picking out of the 11 spot. At the 12 spot, we have Jimmy Eller. My boy, he's got a great, great fantasy name, Humble Herbert. I like it. You guys may know him as Barely Savage 93 on Twitter. So he's picking out of the 12 spot. 13th, we have my buddy TJ Bates. He is a Cowboys fan, but he is also a fantasy fan. Um, don't really like his team name. Baby got Dak, but hey, whatever. We'll let it slide. Number 14, finally, we have Miles Raruka. Fuck, man. Who decided this shit? It's Where randomly generated. I'm about to it's take randomly generated. Up. Take it up with the fucking league owner. I'm about to, yeah, you motherfucker. <laughs> I'm, about to, I'm about to fucking riot. Hey, hey, 14's good, dude. 14's oh, good. Yeah. You're gonna, you're gonna get the 14th and like the the 18th or 19th. Yeah, like, no, I, I actually don't. I actually don't mind that. Like, you'll you'll get some some decent uh, some J- decent players there. Yeah, JT's about to fall to 14. Watch. <laughs> hey, there you go. Right. Um, all right, number 15, we have Philip Adams. I wasn't able to find his uh handle on Twitter, but shout out Philip. His team name is just Josh Palmer. <laughs> I like it. And then picking 16th, um, and also picking 17th in the snake draft, we have Charles Chim. You guys might know him on Twitter. He goes by Char- uh, Chuck Easy. Chuck. E-E-Z-Y. Easy money. So, hey, there's the, the draft order for Sunday. So, 1 through 16, I got the 7th spot. Miles, you got the 14th spot. Colin Rigdon, that's home. Tony Tucker, our boy Tony Tucker, LA Nuts and Bolts. Number one overall pick. Uh, he is now on the clock. And, uh, yeah, we'll see how this fantasy draft shakes out. So, uh, thanks, guys, for for – you know, listening to our <laughs> inaugural draft order, um, thought thought it'd be a fun way to do this is to release it on the podcast, and um, yeah, just super excited. If you guys missed out uh, on the inaugural fantasy football league, too bad. Um, maybe next year. Better luck next year. 
Uh, like I said, we're, we're going to have prizes. We'll do some giveaways. Uh, we'll have opportunities to come on the podcast, talk some smack, talk some shit to whoever you're playing that week. And uh, yeah, well, it'll be a, it'll be a fun league. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, 100%. Um, I'm not very happy with my, you know, my my draft position right now. Um, but you know what? Hey, it is what it is. Um, football's back. Um, this is like our fourth take now doing this podcast. <laughs> we had some technical difficulties, so I we've... All of, I could have watched all of the Titanic twice, and we still wouldn't have been done with this thing. But uh, yeah, yeah. What a time to be alive, baby. I'm happy. Skurs, I love Skurs, it, man. Chargers, let's get it. Well, hey, let's get out of here before we have any more technical difficulties. So thank you, everyone, for listening to episode number 30, the Austin Eckler episode of the podcast. Uh, I'm, my name is Colin. Got Miles Raruka. We are your co-host. And I'm trying to think if I want to plug anything else here. Follow us on social media at Twitter and Instagram at Patter Hour Pod LA for all the latest news and updates about the pod and bolt up. Peace. Peace.